welcome back to season two of Outside of Session. I'm your host, licensed clinical social worker and therapist BFF, Julie Hilton. This season, I'm interviewing some incredible guests who also happen to be experts in their fields. Mental health, motherhood, spirituality, and so much more, I can't wait for their stories to be told. These are all the conversations I'm having outside of session. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another two-part episode of Outside of Session. This week and next week, I'm going to be talking with Dr. Sean Hurt about the struggles that come with figuring out how to be an adult to those emerging into adulthood. You'll find out in this conversation that this area was formerly known and used to be referred to as failure to launch, but we'll explain why we don't really like this phrasing anymore. I think a lot of parents especially are going to want to listen to today's episode. So a little bit more about today's guest, Dr. Sean Hurt is a licensed psychologist and practice founder of Hurt Psychology, which is here in the Atlanta area. Sean has an array of clinical experience in a variety of settings, including private practice, residential treatment centers, non-public schools, and emergency shelters. He's particularly sought out for his expertise in treating and addressing anxiety, depression, poor self-esteem, behavioral issues, and autism spectrum disorder in children and adolescents. Other areas of focus include substance abuse, life transition issues, and trauma-related disorders. So I hope you enjoy today's episode and make sure you tune in next week as we continue the conversation of emerging adults. Hey, Sean, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we are going to be talking today about um, failure to launch. But even before we hit record and we were starting to talk about this a little bit, we both were like, eh, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase this or the right way to start talking about this because that that language is a little bit outdated at this point. So I, I wanted to say like, hold on a second, let's go ahead and start recording this because you were already making some really good points here. So how would you, what do you want to speak to on what was previously known as failure to launch and, and what kind of language are you using in your practice now? So, so I, I think it's a, it's a moving target. Um, I, you know, at one point had no problem, right. With that terminology. But then like the more that I thought I started to think about it, it's like, Ooh, like failure. Right. And is it mm-hmm. failure on the, you know, the, um, identified client, right. Or the emerging young adult, is it failure on the parents? Is it failure on society? And like all of those, like, it's just such a big word failure, right. Because there's always things that we can change right I, I was joking with you before that like as a parent there's something i could have done differently this morning i'm sure right and yeah. probably will be something that i can do differently later so like if we move away from the shame like the shaming part of it and we move yeah. more into a um you know what makes the most sense you know maybe maybe we're talking about emergent adulthood right and how that's a new concept yeah, I like that language better. Um, say that again. Uh, emerging adulthood. Emerging adulthood. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Which is, I, I've got to give credit where credit's due. That's from Jeffrey Arnett in the late 90s. So not, <laughs> I mean, it's not one of my things, but 
but it's a, a much nicer way to think about it. And I think within the context of emerging adulthood, which is something that, you know, all 18 to, you know, even 30 somethings, right, are experiencing similarly. And it, it's just like a new stage of life, similar to how once adolescence was coined at one point, mm-hmm. and then people started to think about that differently. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then within that subset, right, of emerging adults, there are, you know, people who are struggling to meet those the sort of de- developmental milestones along the way. So in your practice, I know, I know this is something that you specialize in and you work with a lot. So that's kind of what it is. 18 to 30, people who are um, becoming young adults and learning how to adult, right? And you're helping people yeah. that are not, right? You're helping people that are not necessarily hitting the milestones that maybe that they want for themselves, or is it their, typically their family wants for them? Um, like, I guess, how would you define... And I, and I phrased it this way with a, a couple of the other episodes that I've done. What do people already know when they come to you? Like, how do they identify what their presenting problem is? Yeah. So most of the time, um, it's, you know, these are, I'm just generalizing, but most of the time it's the, the parents coming, wondering, you know, our, our kid is 19 or, you know, 23 or 27 and in some form or fashion um they're not doing what their parents imagined that they would be doing right at this mm-hmm. point um mm-hmm. oftentimes um by the time that the the clients are are with me they're already experiencing depression mm-hmm. anxiety mm-hmm. right have maybe had some attempts at college and they didn't work out for you know whatever reason, or they're just having a hard time figuring out what it is that they want. Um, and I'm sure you're going to ask me more questions about that. But so typically when they come though, it, it is um, parent driven. And, you know, so, so my job is to, to really get to the core of when I'm finally meeting, you know, with the, with the identified client anyways, what do you want? Right? Yes. Like how can this not be a waste of your time? What is what is going to be relevant to you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we can figure out what's relevant to them, well, then they're motivated, right? Then it matters. Yeah, I love that. One of the questions that I was going to ask is, how do you work on engaging someone in therapy? Because I guess I, I assumed that a lot of times it's a parent reaching out first, because mm-hmm. I've had some of that too, of a, a parent reaching out saying. I have, I want this for my child. So can you, can you fix it? Can you do it for me? And I'm like, no, I cannot, but I'm happy to talk to your child and see if, if they want my help with anything, you know? So I like that you said that like your first goal is to say, what do you want out of this? How do we make sure that our goal here is not your parents' goal for you, but how do, Mm -hmm. how do we identify like what's important to you right now? Right. Well, and, and because I also think that, um, or at least in my experience, it, I, I'm normally not the first person that they've seen, right? Mm, this okay. may be like an ongoing thing. And so there's also this template of how this has gone in the past, yeah. right? And and so for the young adult, there's a template. For the parents, there's a template. But most often, or many times, it starts in adolescence. And we don't necessarily want the adolescent 
sort of parent dynamic anymore. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so if we fall right back into that, right, which I, I have, you know, walked backwards into that, you know, before, and I'm sure I will again, but like we, we want to try to shift it to, to one of more where the parents are not, it's not an adversarial sort of thing, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're, they're like, um, you know, confidants, right. Or, or at least people that they could go to, you know, for advice if they wanted to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, people don't always realize that therapy is experiential on its own. And so you're learning how to do things in therapy so that it will translate into life, right? Like with a lot of my clients with trauma, they're learning how to be vulnerable. They're learning how to feel safe with, with another person. And when they can experience that with me in this very um, like sacred space that we hold as therapists, then when they get comfortable with it, they can start to translate it. Well, maybe I can have a romantic relationship. Maybe I can start to feel that with, um, a friend or something like that. And it starts in the therapy room. And what I think you're describing is very similar that if we want people to be able to make decisions for themselves and make adult decisions for themselves, that needs to be happening in therapy with you as well. Like they have to learn to, to have um, authority over their own experience with you in therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think the big questions, um, that come up is are, are, am I capable? Right. Can Mm. can I, can I actually do the things that are being asked of me? And, and I think that that is rooted a lot in the way that, um, you know, society is right now, right. Kids are overmanaged, right. Mm. It's like they are moving from one activity to another where there is a person in charge telling them what to do. Right. That, so then all of the sudden, you become 18, 19, and it's like, go do adult things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do that. I've had mm. somebody directing me this whole time. And, but I, I think it's something subtle that happens, right? That it's the best of intentions to have our kids in all of these different activities and to, to have, you know, um, adults that are going to help to guide them. But it's also really scary when all of a sudden it's like, okay, go, go and do. Um, I, mm. I, I could tell you, a, you know, a story. Um, it, it's a personal story. I, the, the first time that I ever had to ha- have my own tag renewed, right, for my car, <laughs> it was like, okay, like, you need to go renew your tag. And I, w- and I, I don't know how to do that, right? Yep. I, I didn't know mm-hmm. what to get. It scared me when I got to the counter. Are they going to take me seriously? Or are they going to uh-huh. laugh me away? Are they going to know that I have no idea what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? And so I called someone and you know, I, I, I said, I don't know what to do. And he said, okay, well, go in there, right? Take what you think you need and, and say, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and they'll be okay with that. And so to, to, to know that that's okay and that that's an option, right? And that there's no way you're going to know how to do all of these things. It's funny that you say that because my sister and I have this um, ongoing joke that it's the post office for us. <laughs> As adults, we have major post office anxiety where we're like, I don't know. I don't know how to mail stuff. I don't know how to ship stuff <laughs> because that, that was something that we just never – 
were shown how to do and we didn't want to have that vulnerable moment of walking in and saying, I don't know how to do this. And so I think that that normalizes that 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 uncomfortable feeling is going to be a part of the journey for everybody. Like, I think that we all have those moments in adulthood where whether it's figuring out how to register to vote or renew your tag or something like that, those are going to be uncomfortable moments, but it's okay because you're not expected to know that. Right. right? And, and I, right. And I also wonder if part of, um, you know, and I'm I'm not going to bash social media or anything like that. But part of it is like we well okay, but <laughs> we see pe- we we see people that seemingly are doing everything and killing it, and and you know we're seeing sort of a stage show. And I wonder if that in part is contributing to this feeling of I'm supposed to have these things figured out. Mm. Um, yeah, I I I should already know. Right. Should. Right. I, mm-hmm. like, it, it, so so I, I think that it's it's really complicated. Um, so when, when a client comes to to see me, um, when I'm when I'm talking with the, the client, I'm trying to figure out what do they want? Right. What direction do they want to move? Right. And then I'm and then with the parents, I'm, I'm trying to normalize the experience of emerging adulthood mm-hmm. and that um it it's not easy like it, it's almost impossible to go and to get a job straight out of high school that you can pay for your own place right oh my gosh um, that was another whole element of this um that i wanted to talk about that things have changed drastically for young adults yes yes when, when I was 18, I was in college and I worked full time, but it was still like an entry level job at a grocery store. And I was able to afford an, an apartment and a car. And that's just, that is not the world that we live in. And so how, mm-hmm. how have you seen that impact the self-esteem maybe of young adults? Mm-hmm. So, so whenever I, I make that point and I try to make that point with, you know, um, identified client and then parents together. The, the identified clients always, or the emerging adults always like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right. It's super, and, and I think it's validating. It's validating, and, and, yeah. And I think that it's, for a lot of the, the parents, it's like, yeah, like that's, that is true. Like that is absolutely true. It's just something that they hadn't thought about, mm-hmm. right? Um, or maybe they had and they kind of put it aside it, because of their own, you know, potential anxieties around, you know, what their kid, you know, is doing currently. Um, so, but, but when someone is coming in, right, I really, I want, I, I, I want to, and we talked a little bit about this before. My hope is that I can help them to feel empowered, right? Everybody all the way around, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, does the, how can the emerging adult feel empowered? Does that mean that we need to make them, you know, go eat out at restaurants or, you know, or, you know, uh, register for their classes, right? Or like doing the, the sort of like just tasks, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean for the parent that um, I, I need to help them with messaging around, look, we are willing to support you, but here are our expectations. And without those you know, being met, you know, 
it's your choice. You are an adult, but if you want, you know, the financial support or whatever it may be, then, you know, we want you to, you know, the, the common ones in my mind are if it's, if you want to be a writer, right, you need to actively be pursuing that, right. Mm-hmm. And probably have some sort of job, you know, for some structure in, in, in the meantime. Right. Um, but so getting a plan that everybody feels more at peace with, right. And, and feel like they're moving in the right direction, then I think um, is important. So do you end up doing a combination of individual and family therapy most of the time? Yeah. So uh, oftentimes that, that is the case, um, okay. particularly initially, because it's very much um, about just kind of setting the new standard, right? And, and having a really frank conversation with the emerging adult that look if if i was able to stay in my room right and play games or engage in whatever you know like i prefer and not have a lot of responsibility and all of my needs were met then i i probably wouldn't be very motivated either right mm-hmm. and so if we want to change that and we want to to move that needle so you can feel more motivated right we we may have to put in some things that aren't going to feel good, right? So ideally, you're bringing along right the emerging adult mm-hmm. just by leveling with them, right? Um, which I think you know a, a lot of times they appreciate. Yeah, I can see that. It also makes me wonder um, how often do you find that. Once you get in there and get to know them and build some rapport with them, how often do you hear, well, I'm not doing this because this is what I want. I want to be on my own. I want to be independent. I I want to be successful, all of these things. Um, I just, maybe I don't think that I can, or I don't know how to get there. Because like you said, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of depression going on, a lot of anxiety. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to ask here. Um, I guess like, how do you get parents even to understand that they're not necessarily doing this because this is what they want for themselves, but maybe it's a -hmm. a lack of feeling like you have any control over your life. Mm -hmm. Is that pretty common? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's incredibly common, right. That, that, um, and, and honestly, a lot of times when, when I ask the question, well, what do you want? They haven't been asked that a lot, right? Mm. Um, because, the, and, and that's not, that's definitely not a, a dig at the parents or anything like that. It's just, mm-hmm. there's like, we have this idea as a society, right? Of like how we move things along. And so, and sometimes what I found is even like, sometimes the parents, they're like, I don't care what they do, right? I just want them to do something that, that, you know, is, is moving them in a, in, in a direction, but maybe it's, you know, from, you know, watching friends and what they're doing or what they've just grown up, like with the expectation being certain things that they've in, kind of internalized that. And so a lot of it is like kind of pulling that apart. Right. And, and, and sometimes it can be pretty eye opening for the emerging adult as well when their parents are like, do like, do what you like, whatever it is that, that you're, that motivates you. Right. And of course there's times when, you know, that's not the case. Right. But, but oftentimes I, I I think it's, it's just like a, 
a um, fresh and honest perspective, right? Almost like an inventory taking of like the beliefs that that are kind of swirling around um, needs to be done. That's really interesting because, yeah, I guess that there's kind of an, an assumption that when people, when a family comes through the door, that everybody is already on the same page and that they are understanding each other and what they expect of each other. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily true. Like there's a there's yeah. a lot of like assumptions going on that they, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that the you know you talked about the the depression, the increasing rates of depression and anxiety. Um, and I, I think that a big part of it for this population is, you know, if you're not doing things right and you're not being productive, right, that is absolutely going to contribute. And then you get into nutrition, you get into sleep scheduling, you get into screen time, right, um, which I look, I like video games myself, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's when we're engaged in those activities, we're not doing a lot of other things like getting outside, exercising, socializing with friends in person, right? But I don't want to minimize like the community that is created online because that that is like that is a real thing. Absolutely, right? yeah. Uh, so so it's it, it's this kind of delicate you know balancing act where we're, we're trying to just see what makes sense for for this individual to again feel more empowered. Right. Like mm-hmm. they have more say that they can be taken seriously. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. But I also hear that um, you're talking about a lot of different, like you said, moving pieces. Like I'm hearing a little bit about skill development, like working on that. Also um, developing new routines that will support goals sleep schedule, sleep Mm -hmm. hygiene, stuff like that, nutrition, um, which I think is incredibly important. Um, But then you're also talking about dealing with the the mental health piece of it that comes up with it too, right? Like how do we work through depression? Um, How do we work on something? So there's some just straight up therapy in there too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is complicated. And, and I think that, you know, you really, I, I try to, let me speak for I, I really try to approach each case with curiosity, um, about, you know, what is going on, what's maintaining, you know, what's working really well, what's not working so well. Um, but th- there are a lot of moving parts Yeah, and, and sometimes, um, the, the other question that comes up a lot is you know where like is this a a you know ability issue or is this a you know like a, a motivation issue right it like it, in which of those like that's what parents want to know a lot mm-hmm. because if it's if this is truly right like they are incapable of doing it because of dep- debilitating depression which happens debilitating anxiety which happens right yeah. It, there, there is a, a bit of a different approach, right? Um, but what I, what I find more often than not is if we can create like a supported path, right, to walk, um, you know, with someone through developing these skills, right? The development of skills is is going to improve. So you're spot on that, um, you know, skill development 
and again empowering like the the, the and that the young adults and the parents right because sometimes you're doing skill development with the parents as well yeah. um is it, it's all a part of it right and yeah. oftentimes we don't know you know what individuals are capable of right i mean we never really know and but if we can put certain things in place we can at least help them to try to figure figure that question out for themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. So what? Um, let's say we have listeners who are the emerging adult, and they're listening to this, and maybe they're not in therapy, but um, they saw saw a podcast about this, and and maybe their parents have. There's tension in the home. Their parents have been on them. Um, Maybe even parents have, have mentioned going to therapy before, but it feels probably daunting and overwhelming. And again, like you said, they've probably tried different routes before in adolescence, and mm-hmm. it's always been that parent-child dynamic, and they don't want to repeat that. Um, I guess what would you want them to know about the potential for change, the hope for change, um, and how that would look, like how you would support them through that? Well, that's a big question. Um, I, I think I think it starts with simply asking them, you know, um, what do you think you need, right? And then and then working from there. So, like, if they ended up on my, you know, on, on my couch, right? Quote, air quotes. Then, what is it that you think that um, you need right now, right? And and, and starting from there, right? It is going to be scary, right? Mm. Um, it's and that's okay. And if you talk to other people, they're scared too, right? We just don't talk about those things, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so, really, just that it doesn't have to be this way, right? That you're probably far more capable than you're giving yourself credit for, um, and that you won't know if you don't try, right? Um, that, I mean, that's the, you know, after working with someone for a while, they come in and they'll say stuff like, yeah, I mean, I, I just should have, you know, gone for it or I just should have tried it earlier. It wasn't that big of a deal, you know. Um, in fact, I don't, well, I guess this is only going to be heard and not seen, but there was this, there's this, this image of these two forests, right? And um, I had the picture side by side and I asked one of my clients, you know, what do you see when, you know, when you look at these? And one of them is like this scary, like spooky haunted forest. And this other one is like this pleasant, like, you know, sunshine and it's green and it's, you know, nice looking. And he's like, well, the, the haunted one is what my mind told me, right? All of these experiences were going to be. The other one was closer to my reality, right? Mm. Was closer to the reality of actually doing it, which I was like, okay, like that's, that's wonderful and profound, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. all in its own way. Right. Like, so yeah, I, I think the biggest message would just be that, you know, find, find some people that you feel like you can um, be honest about and try it out. Right. Try being a little bit honest about your fears and see what you get back. You don't have to open yourself up to be so vulnerable, right, that it it would be incredibly painful if they didn't reciprocate. Mm -hmm. But you can do it just a little bit at a time. Um, And and you probably, you know, 
if if you really give it a go, you'll be amazed um, at at what you can do. Yeah, I love all of that. So, same question: What would you say to maybe a parent who potentially is frustrated right now, or they feel helpless in knowing how to help their child? Um, mm-hmm. What would you want them to know? Mm-hmm. Um, that this this isn't you know parents like to blame themselves right yeah. um and, and so okay like let's let's try to work on that let's try to stop that because surely right this is not all on you right and there's there like and there are going to be some things that you probably can change that will help and that's good news <laughs> right like that's good news we're not we're not all going to get this thing perfect um and and so you know, if, if you are, um, you know, if you're a parent, the other message that I like to send to parents is, you know, your young adult or emergent adult is not enjoying this either. Right. And so really getting back to like more of like this team sort of effort, um, and, and approach and trying to build in some compassion for them as well, because it is incredibly frustrating when you're working, or, or when your child, you know, just isn't doing the things that you think would, would help them, right? Um, the other thing is, it's okay to set limits. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pause for a quick moment to say thank you so much for all the love and support that you're showing outside of session. If you haven't already, do me a huge favor and hit the subscribe button, give me a five-star review and share this podcast with all of your friends. Help me take this show to another level. Now back to today's episode. Well, we had a a little bit of a technical difficulty, but we're, we're back now. Um, I had asked the question with if you're, when you're talking with a, a parent that might be listening um, and you were talking about making sure that, that they know that this is not a failure on their part because we're not using the yes, word failure, yes. right? Um, so if you're talking with a parent on that, it's good news. I remember you said it's good news at this point that they can do some, they can make some changes too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, and so and some of those changes may mean that there okay. are, um, you know, just hard lines, right? Um, let's say that there is, you know, someone that is in their room and they're not really doing much and not contributing to the household. They're, you know, whatever the case may be. Okay, well, you have until this date to um, find a job. And if you don't find a job, right, um, we are going to remove the computer from your room or we are going to like, and, and that's okay. And a lot of times they need coaching through, well, you know, that's the one thing that they have, or that's the one outlet that they have. Um, and, and so I, I really don't want to take that. And the truth is, is it, as long as it's a reasonable expectation, right, I, I, I think that it's okay. And if that means that the young adult needs help getting a job, right, and knowing how to walk through that fear and the support and everything, absolutely, right? Um but yeah. but the end goal, right, is it hopefully leaves, you know, the young adult feeling more empowered because now, you know, th- they have a job and they're doing something and they're around people and it might be scary, but it's like they're 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 moving in a direction 
right? And for the the parents, they also feel like they're doing something, right? Um, because mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, and you know this, when people come to us, it's I don't know what to do, right? Like I, I have this 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 issue in my life that I don't I don't quite know what to do. Yeah, I'm thinking too about the um, the emotions of the parents and how, because you're right, I think that parents love to blame themselves. Mm-hmm. They love to to take on so much, right? Um, how important is it to make sure that the parents are doing their work at the same time emotionally? Because what you're talking about is like setting some boundaries, Um which is always incredibly hard to do like boundaries. They're just, it's Mm -hmm. just hard because especially when it's someone that you love and you want to see them thrive in, in whatever way, sometimes setting that boundary can feel harsh. It can feel um, like tough love doesn't feel good sometimes, you know? So how do you help the parents work through their own feelings of, am I, am I failing my child by, setting this boundary. Well, and and this is where, you know, I mean, at times or oftentimes there's a recommendation that they're in their own individual therapy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because there is this, you know, everybody kind of needs a lane and needs to be able to know what they're, you know, what what they're, what they're working on. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other thing is once you sort of lay it out, right? Like your observations, right? Or once I lay out like my observations of like what, what I'm seeing from like the outside looking in, right. And you know what those sort of recommendations are, right. And, and why, and I can give the, I can give the reasoning and the rationale behind, you know, the, the recommendations. Um, most of the time they're, they're able to, right. Um, and when they're not, right, sometimes there is some more individual work, right? What, 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 you, what, I, what I do find um, oftentimes is that once there's hope instilled again, you know, people always amaze you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I imagine, too, um, hearing from a professional, you know, as a parent, I think when when you can tell yourself, well, Dr. Hurt said that if we do this, that this is a loving thing to do and that this is a step Mm -hmm. in the right direction. I think it gives us the reassurance Mm -hmm. because, you know, so much of parenting is you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Yep. Because there's no guidebook. There's every, every child is so unique and so different that even if it worked with one of your kids, it doesn't work with the, with the Mm -hmm. next one. Right. And so I think sometimes, like you said, when people come in and it's a feeling of, I don't know what to do, having that guide is just, I would imagine such a relief to be able to say, okay, we're going to try it. We don't know exactly what's going to come from it, but we have, we have hope that we have, um, the next Mm -hmm. step. Yeah. And I, I think getting back to natural and logical sort of consequences, right, um, is important too. You know, we talked earlier in, in um, this session about what it sort of looks like with, that our kids are overmanaged, right? There, oftentimes, I think that along with overmanaging, right, through coaches, teachers, et cetera, right, 
um, all, all best of intentions, right? But what ends up happening is we also remove like these sort of consequences, right? That are natural and logical, right? Like it makes sense mm -hmm. that if that it makes sense for there to be a deadline at which you can no longer turn in your late work, right? Because that's, that, that is the way that it is. Right. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to sound too gruff or, or, or anything like that, but th there are like, once you get out and, and you are in a job or you are doing whatever it is, like there are things like in, in hard deadlines that, you know, we, we need to become accustomed to. And one of the things I talk a lot, a lot about with um, my clients is, you know, sort of building that muscle of doing what you don't want to do. Right. Uh, because that's, it's a skill. I mean, it is a skill and, um, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I've not found a way to escape that in my own life, right? Like sometimes there are things that you have to do. And so if we can practice some of these things, um, and get used to, to kind of pushing through some of those things. Um, and I'm not talking about if there are like clinical issues that need to be dealt with, right? Like if, if it's, th this is something different, right? The, the, that, but when you can push through and you know that you can get yourself to push through things and do things, there's also a sense of esteem that comes from that. Like I've got this, mm -hmm. right? I like, I don't mm -hmm. know how, but I'm, it's going to be okay. Like I'm going to be able to. Well, yeah. yeah. That's what I was just thinking too, is that I think that we, we typically think of consequences as the negative consequences mm -hmm. of things, but there are positive consequences, right? Like setting that deadline is saying, if you don't get a job, I hear this is the the negative thing that will happen. But do you ever work on helping clients see, but if you do, what the positive consequence will be? Like, for instance, um, if you go to the gym, a consequence of going to the gym is lots of good things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And so do you help them see that it's, this is not all, I don't know, like negative reinforcement, but there's a lot of like positives that that they're probably not counting yeah. on because getting a job is not just checking the box. It's like you said, it's having a sense of independence. It's you meet new people. Mm. Um, you build your confidence. You have a, a, a routine, you have money. Like there's lots of really good yeah. things that come with it too, rather than just checking. Well, the and, box. and so one of the things that um, like concepts that I like to talk about is instant versus delayed gratification. Right now. Mm -hmm. I, I would bet I'm not going to call you out, but I know that my phone is within arm's length of me, right? Okay, so there you go. And and yep. and what yeah. happens is, you know, we're so used to these like very quick like dopamine hits, right, all the time. And yeah. so, and 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 if you're raised that way, right, where, um, you know, if you want to watch a show, boom, it's there. <laughs> if you you know, if you want to see what's next, you swipe up, right. So this idea of delayed gratification, it, I don't think it's that that people aren't capable of it. I just think that we don't practice it, right? And and so if we can practice the delayed gratification, right, and tying it back into what we were saying is like, yeah, it sucks to wake up and, and get ready to go to work, right? But if you can hold off, right, like if you can just hang in there for me, just trust me a little bit. And that's why rapport is so important, right, yeah. is, is just like, like, come on, like, give me a go. Like, let's just try this. We're going to see, and we're going to see where, where you end up. Right. Um, it matters. So, so yeah. So the way that I kind of frame that is delayed versus instant gratification. Um, and mm -hmm. also, um, 
you know, pointing out that, you know, as like, we don't choose at what period we're brought into the world, right? Um, or, or like, you know, what the societal pressures are at that point in time. And so a lot of this is just like, like programming that they have little, you know, little um, to do with, right? And and so, yeah, it, like, yeah. sort of making that connection, oftentimes also helps with this feeling of like, what is wrong with me? Right? Why can't mm, I, yeah. you know, fill in the blank, right? Yeah, and I like that because the answer is it's not that there's anything wrong. There's there's nothing at your core wrong mm-hmm. with you, but you're helping to understand. But these are some things that contributed, and that there is hope to work through that. And and so much of what I love what you're talking about is not, um, not just goal based, not just, okay, I, I know that I will be a successful when I have a job, when I can pay my own bills, when I um, get married or whatever the expectations are. What you're talking about is doing this work, you're going to get things like hope, self-esteem, self-confidence. You're going to, um, you're going to surprise mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. with how it feels and what you're capable of. And probably the path that you find that actually works from you is it's okay if it's Mm non-traditional, which I don't know about you, but I I end up having a lot of conversations with a lot of, um, of this age group of, if it's not working for, if the traditional route is not working for you, maybe it's not that something's wrong with you, but it's maybe it's something wrong with the route. Right. Right. And, and I mean, we, and we could break, I mean, we could, we could really dive <laughs> into, you know, what the, the, the traditional routes are and, and why they are the way that they are um, and, and probably make really good arguments for trade schools, right? For, uh, yeah, oh my gosh, it's, yes. it's, it's mm-hmm. I mean, th- there are all sorts of opportunities out there. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Outside of Session. Remember, while I am a licensed therapist, this podcast is not a substitute for individual therapy. The contents of this episode are for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you are having a mental health emergency, please dial 911 for immediate assistance or dial 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline.